0: what is going on everybody welcome back to vcast where church and culture come together as always if you haven't already liked or subscribed to this podcast please do so give us a like follow us and uh, everything you do helps us to continue to reach people with the word of god so we love you guys i hope you enjoy this podcast today god bless you
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Vcast. I'm your host, Jacob, and I am back here with Pastor Jeremy. You're here. I'm here. Yes, sir. Um. So in the last episode, we talked about witnessing together. I almost forgot. And we literally just did it. So <laughs> what happened last time with me and Jeremiah? I We had just recorded. And I was like, bro, what did we just talk about? like literally five seconds ago, but last episode was witnessing together, talking about the Holy Spirit giving us opportunities, desiring ethnic unity. And within that, we saw that Peter had the opportunity to witness to others, which resulted in the ethnic unity, the obedience and all the opportunities given by the Holy Spirit. So now we're going to talk about fellowship together, which really is the crux of this year and this series. It's better together. Yeah. And we see that in fellowship together. So we're going to be in Acts chapter 2, um, verses 42 through 47. Um, so if you have your Bibles, feel free to follow along and read ahead, pause it and catch up and figure out what we're talking about. But we'll explain it to you guys. So we're going to be talking about gospel preaching to gospel living in this first part. Right. Um, we know that. On the day of Pentecost, the result, what you and me had talked about before, you brought it up, that 3,000 souls were saved that day. Right. Right. Um, that the result <laughs> of the opportunity, the obedience, the ethnic unity resulted in 3,000 people from different nations, devout Jews from different nations, all being saved. Yeah. So then what was the result of those 3,000 people?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. And so one of the things that I think is really important to mention is is... <laughs> kind of what or, created this need for this. Not the result, the response. The result. The, re- the result is well, the 3, I think it, I think people. the result is also a, a correct word. Okay. Um, yeah, I think yeah, you yeah. could use either. But I, I would say, too, that what, what's happening now is that you have people who, who all these people just did a pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. They came out there to go for this feast, this celebration, and then they're heading back home. But I don't know if you've ever had a delayed flight where you're you go to a new city you go to another city you stay out there for like 3 or 4 days but then all of a sudden your flight gets canceled and they're like we don't have another flight for two more days then you're going where am i going to sleep <laughs> what am i going to eat oh sna- yeah like i got to go, i got to sleep in the terminal i got to figure something out i don't have the budget to stay here another two days which is why it's so important to have like emergency money there's a lot of people that made this pilgrimage came all the way out here and then got saved and then said, okay, what's next? We're going to stay out here. We want to learn more. And so they're like, oh, what do we got to do to feed all of these people, take care of these people? So what you see is a, a burst of selflessness that happens. And you see all these people begin to what? Sell their belongings they are selling properties. They're selling stuff just to provide meals for the people who made this pilgrimage and out there. When it came to selling their stuff, um,
1: this could have been prized possessions maybe that they brought with them mm-hmm. during this pilgrimage to Shavat, right? So they weren't just getting rid of everything. They sold all of their belongings as any had need, right? Yep. And that is, th- this is a perfect display of the gospel, the selflessness, right? Um the gospel is
0: the is the news of an act of selflessness right. from God to all of humanity. Yeah. I feel like it just comes natural when you have had an encounter with the Holy Spirit to, to be selfless and to just all of a sudden, I'm going to pay for your meal and I'm going to do this. Hey, don't worry about it. I got you. And, you know, like amongst Christians, that's a very common thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's super cool because it 's what the Holy Spirit does in our heart it 's that regenerating work that he changes us and transforms us to be selflessly giving, just like our Father yeah um, so.
1: um I, but i I know that you may you may understand that maybe not everybody there had possessions to mm. give right um mm-hmm. it wasn't just the rich and wealthy that were making this pilgrimage, it was all sorts of Jews mm-hmm. um coming here, so If many didn't have possessions, and even speaking in terms of today, many of us may not have the ability to just give to whoever needs it. So how else can we show selflessness to each other when we don't really have possessions?
0: Yeah, they have. um, I think the way it's traditionally been taught in a lot of Christian circles today is the three T's. Um, It's this concept of our time, talent, and treasure. And so what do we do if we don't have treasure? We still have got our giftings that God has given us and we have our time that God has given us. There's nothing more selfless than devoting time to one another. Um, we can give our time. I mean, if you look at uh, somebody like Jesus, for example, man devoted four years of his life, right? Or three, was it three or four years? I forget. Yeah, about three to four. Or three I or don't four think years. we really know. But yeah, yeah, so like he spent all these years with his disciples, just, and the thing is, when you say, I, I don't have anything to give, Jesus didn't even have a house. He was homeless. The upper, the last supper was somebody
1: giving up their house so that they could eat. It probably wasn't even their food. Jesus needed to ride on
0: a donkey and he's like, hey, just go take this guy's donkey. And if he says anything, just tell him the Lord has need of it. And then the guy's like, all right, bet. (laughs) You know, like, yo, take it. Um, so, So Jesus, he didn't have anything to give. So what does he give? He gives himself. He gives his time and he gives what he was good at. He taught. Right. Like Jesus was an amazing teacher. Maybe you're saying, I don't have any, I can't give money. You know, I'm just not there financially. Okay, that's fine. I understand that. I do believe that when you do get there financially and when you can manage your money well to the point where you can afford to, you should give. You should give financially to a church, to um, a community. So that way, you know, you're you're giving of your treasure. But at the same time, giving your time and giving your giftings, your talent that that God has Sewed into you. your life. One of the best things you can give, yeah. man. You just give your life. Yeah. If, if you have nothing to give, then give your lives for each other. John 15, 13, right? This is coming from
1: Jesus himself. He says, mm-hmm. greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Now you and me have used this verse before. And we've also come to the conclusion that in every mm-hmm. aspect of our lives, we might not have to literally lay down our lives, but yeah. It's also understanding, just giving our time to each other, right? Right. Um, So if we truly believe in the gospel, if we have nothing else to offer, then let us offer ourselves to the betterment of the body, right? Right. To understanding that what we're giving is for the body, Mm -hmm. that it's not a burden, that it's like, if we truly want to see the body be built up, we have to be willing to sacrifice a lot of things. For it. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Uh, James one twenty seven. religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this to visit orphans and widows and their afflictions and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So from gospel preaching, Peter, to gospel living, but then gospel living goes into gospel fellowship, right? Right. In Acts 2, 43, we see the word devotion again. Me and, um, I believe, it, not that I believe, it, me and Jeremiah, not, right. I believe it was Jeremiah, I know it was Jeremiah. Me and Jeremiah, um, we talked about devotion to prayer. Right. And I believe that was in Acts chapter one. Um, and now we see the word devotion again. We, we talked about the word devotion and we see it here again in Acts um, where the people here did not just devote themselves to prayer, but to something equally important, fellowship. Mm-hmm. Right? Gospel living is shown by the selfless acts of giving ourselves to each other. It is just another aspect of, of gospel living, this fellowship. Right. Um, so why is it so important, though? why can't I just come to church, right? Why can't I just be in the part of the congregation? Why can't I just be a part of the number, right. right? Why do I have to devote myself to fellowship? Why is it important that I go to these small groups and I go to all these things where the body is gathering together outside of these
0: walls? Why is that important? Yeah, I, th- I think that that's one of the things that's being questioned a lot today is uh, why be a part of a community? Like, what I, I even think people today are, are going a little further and saying, why even go to church? If it's a relationship with Jesus that I need, I can't I just have that at home. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you. How is your personal devotion in the home? You know what I mean? If if you if you're a Christian and you don't go to church, how is your Christianity? Like, do you honestly and earnestly practice your Christianity and your faith? And this is not me judging, this is me saying, like, how easy is it to do this alone? For me personally during the pandemic when covid first hit and everybody was locked in and we were on lockdown i it was it it was it was such a relief to be home like there was a sense of like yo i like church from home this is cool you know i can kind of just do but i slowly realized that that got old really quick yeah i kind of I didn't even wanna tune in. Yo, you had all the time, for me personally, I had all the time in the world to read my Bible, and I I didn't, I didn't. Yeah, (laughs) man, that's what people say. And I'm a youth pastor, so I knew it. Like, what do we say? oh, the summer is coming. I'll have more time to read. I'll have more time to, to pray. And we don't, we get, we actually end up worse over the summer we spend most of our summer away from God. Listen, Christianity doesn't work alone. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it it is a community religion. It's not a religion. It's not a solo religion. You can't do Christianity alone. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, as a matter of fact, I would say this, can you do salvation on your own? No, you needed Jesus we can't do fellowship on our own and the bible commands us to fellowship like jesus commands us to fellowship with one another he commands us to be in unity with one another he desires that and so i would say that um there's i i could literally list a billion reasons for why you could come to church i'm just going to assume that you do but if you don't go to church get it plugged into a church immediately Uh, maybe we'll do another podcast on that and why it's important to come to church to begin with but when you're at church, it's very important that you don't just come to church. Um, it's an identity crisis to say, I come to church, you are the church. And the church is not just this four walls, the building that you come to every Sunday. It's the community that you've got yourself a part of. How many Christian friends do you have? How often do you meet up with them? You know, at our church, we encourage something called grow groups. And in, in grow groups, it's it's about people coming together in homes and and discipleship happens there. Mm-hmm. And and you know what the funny thing is, there are a lot of people who don't want to go to church, but they'll go to your house. Having fellowship at the home is one of the greatest things you can do. And listen, fellowship has an end result. Okay? Like fellowship has an end result. If you go to the house and all you guys do is just chit-chat about Marvel and the, the, you know, common interests, it's not fellowship. Mm-hmm. Because fellowship always ends with the result of being inspired, built up, and going out and making a difference in the world. So if that's not happening when you guys meet up, if you're not studying the Bible when you meet up, if you're not praying for each other when you meet up, it's not a fellowship. Yeah, Fellowship is synonymous with discipleship. And we see that here
1: because we, like you had said in the last episode, you talked about how the number went from 3K to 5K. hmm Right as because of the result of fellowship, right? Yeah. It's um, day by day. It says day by day, their numbers were increasing because when people see the body of Christ all gathering together in fellowship and being there for each other, they long to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that multiple times on this podcast, not, in th- not only in this series, but in other ones as well, that we desire community. Like it's right. just who we are. Mm-hmm. And even people who like say that they're loners or like to be alone, even they at some point crave and desire to be with others. So now gospel fellowship turns into gospel momentum. Right. When people outside of the church, see the fellowship in the church when it's being done correctly and
0: long for that. I'll give you a really good example of that. And you're actually a witness of this because you were in the youth group at the time. Um, Do you remember going to camp and when we went to the camps and conventions as a youth group, that people that weren't in our youth group would hang out with our youth group. Yeah. And, and it was people from other churches. It was it was so weird because like our the, and what people always said to me was, Pastor, I love the community and the fellowship that your group has. It's like everybody in your youth is friends. Like they love each other. They're like everybody is like brothers and sisters, and not to say that we were perfect or that we didn't have issues. We I was about to say I was like we had a ton of issues. Yeah, we (laughs) and maybe nobody else saw it, but we had. Yeah, 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 exactly. You're always gonna have disagreements and things, but I mean, Paul and Peter had a disagreement, but they 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 they, they were still brothers and Christ. Yeah, Peter's like bro, listen Mm -hmm. to Paul. Everything he writes is Paul and Barnabas. Paul and John Mark. I think Paul just had issues with people man yeah
1: well it could have been an age difference he was probably like <laughs> a lot older than them so there These was probably guys. like just like that that he had that, yeah. that friction but but they, they were all, still brothers yeah they were and they they would go together we know that in galatians he went to meet with them and yeah. they all talked to
0: each other and they were like yeah bro
1: we give you we trust you with the gospel
0: yeah and you know what that does it, it, it's it's um it, 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 it fellowship real christian fellowship man it draws people in yeah. um i've always described um uh, fellowship as a magnet i i i think that a magnet can do one of two things it can either pull something in or propel it out i think we've all been on um well, if you're from florida in orlando uh they have like um the dr doom's fearfall and universal it's a ride that oh, yeah, yeah. you sit in this little thing and it shoots you straight up into the air really really fast it's all run by magnets really yeah so when you get shot up into the air that happens because of a magnet and what they do is they flip the polarization of the magnet so it just shoots you yeah so there's there's a magnet that's weighing you down and keeping it in place when they flip the polarity of the magnet it shoots you up into the sky because that's what magnets do they attract in but they they also propel base of the ride
1: though right yeah it's under the base so
0: they flip what i never that's crazy and so the way that that and so in a similar fashion true christian fellowship it's not going to draw just just draw people in but it's also going to propel people outward into evangelism yeah. that's how you know you got a good fellowship when you see people wanting to be a part of it and that those people that become a part of that fellowship are now active christians and living out their faith
1: yeah because they gain wisdom we gain wisdom yeah. from each other oh my right? gosh um uh, uh there's how, a, how many conversations did we have today about bro <laughs> like We even see it in in, in, um, Acts. This is a chapter that we're not necessarily going to go over in this series. So I decided that we would touch on it. Um, Apollos was um, teaching the word at one point. I forgot where exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he was doing good. He was preaching the gospel, but um, Aquila and Priscilla were listening to him and they gathered, they took him aside in a fellowship and taught him Like the correct way of God. They said, yo, you're we love the way that you're teaching. We love the way that you're preaching, but you could do a little bit better. Here's some advice. Right. And then how did he leave Mm -hmm. 10 times? He was a way better teacher. He was refuting (laughs) teachers of the law in the gospel. After having that conversation, after having that fellowship with them. Yeah. And that's what happens when we come together and then go out. We leave better. Yeah. We leave better people. We leave better
0: teachers when we gather together in true yeah. fellowship, correcting each other in love. Correct. Right? I'll give you another good example. So we're going to do that thing where we, where we go. Um, epistle, gospel, Old Testament. Uh, gospel example, Zacchaeus. Jesus didn't just tell Zacchaeus you're a horrible dude for everything you've done. He goes, "Yo, Zacchaeus, can I come to your crib today?" Right? Like, what did what did Jesus do with Zacchaeus? Who was a a tax collector, but a fraud. He would literally he admitted to ch- overcharging people in He's taxes. Scammer, bro. He was a scam. Yeah, he was a scam artist. He was a scam likely on on the phone. <laughs> and so like this guy is 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 a is a bad man and he knows it. And that's why he hid up in the tree. He didn't really want to be seen, but he wanted to get a better view because he was, you know, a wee little man and a wee little man was he. Um, and so Jesus but what does Jesus do? He goes, Yo, I see you up there. Number one. Number two, can I come to your house? And and Jesus ate with this man. Jesus got reprimanded. Not reprimanded, but people Looked, that looked weird. poorly at Jesus because of this. This man eats with tax collectors. He has a tax collector in his group, and then he went to go eat have, with another tax and collector. And he's eating at the house of Zacchaeus, and we don't know what they talked about, but all we know is that they fellowshipped for a moment. Zacchaeus came out of that place a better man, did he not? Mm-hmm. Giving back four times what people gave them. If you were to go Old Testament, you would even see that the Jews had laws in place for how to treat the sojourner, right? There were laws in place um, for people who were outsiders to be welcomed by the people of God. Wasn't there like, a, correct
1: me if I'm wrong, like when they would move, when the Jews would move from place to place, they would leave some stuff
0: behind. Yes. So when people came along, they would have stuff. There was also the, um, the, um, the, the there was a law that said that when you had a field of like wheat, you had to plant your field of wheat, but you also had to have little tiny patches on the outskirts of your field for, for the sojourner yeah for people to who are ga- who are like moving and walking through to grab the weed and hey hey person who's hungry have all you want from these outskirts this is where this is actually the place that ruth was getting her food from when Bo- boaz noticed her and then brought her into his inner field so so when we look at all of these things we see that from the very beginning god has said fellowship bring people in Now, the Jews had some trouble with this. They had some like, because there was like, you got to stay away from certain people. And, you know, there were certain practices that were there, but it was literally just because it was very strict in the Old Testament because Jesus had not yet arrived. Mm -hmm. They had to really protect that lineage of Jesus. And so there was a lot of laws put in place. But in reality, God was always inclusive and wanting people to come in. And the same thing is true with us today. Our gospel fellowship and bringing people in is going to turn into gospel momentum. And, and launch people out. Thank you guys for tuning into our podcast. I hope that you enjoyed yourself. If you did, don't forget to give us a like, a follow, subscribe, comment, and share this podcast with as many people as you know, so we can get the word of God out to everyone, everywhere. We love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you guys on the next episode.